We pray for our country, our president, all those Lord is ruling over us in government. Lord, I know government is ordained by you, so we ask you to take care of it. Watch over. Have your way. We know that's best. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much tonight. Tonight, if you would, please take your Bible, turn to Galatians, book of Galatians. And I was reading this afternoon, and I come across something that I was uh, here a while back. I was talking to a man, and it was, it was a Baptist church is what got me uh, digging into it and studying it. And so if you'll turn to Galatians chapter 3, uh, I'll get further into it, but I want you to see uh, that uh, hyper-Calvinism is being taught. And um, what that simply means is that uh, people want to say, and I think it's just because of laziness, they don't want to get out and win people the Lord see people say, but they, uh, like a man told me years ago, there's no use to visit, there's no use to uh, give an invitation when you preach and and so on. Whosoever will get saved will get for saved. Ain't a thing you can do about it, or they do about it. God save who He wants to be saved. Well, that sounds good if you want to see it in one direction. God's all-powerful, and He is. But I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain what I'm getting to you. And, but first of all, let's read Galatians chapter 3, the first nine verses. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This also would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Father, we ask you now in Jesus' name that you'll let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts and teach us thy word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now notice, first of all, Paul is being used to God here to write this, and he's writing to the converts that uh, probably he led most of them to the Lord. And uh, preached Jesus to them. They got saved by God's grace. And now some of them are wanting to go back under law instead of continuing in faith. And if you'll notice one word here, and right by that one word, uh, mature Christian, and that is in verse 3. 
Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect? That word perfect there simply means mature. And so uh, anytime you see that in the New Testament, because we know uh, that that's what it means, I looked it up in the Greek and the Hebrew, but not only that, but the Bible never contradicts itself. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, we're all sinners, so as none of us perfect. And so if you use the English word there, you don't get the whole meaning of it. You have to go back and take the Greek and Hebrew to understand what he's speaking of. And so he's talking about young Christians getting saved by God's grace, but the law was being still taught in the synagogue. And what he was saying here, are you so foolish that you begin in faith, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, and now you're going to go back under law? So this is what this whole uh, chapter is about. Now in verse 3, Paul asked them again, How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it by works or something you could have done by keeping the law? The truth is, was it by hearing of faith? Now Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Paul simply makes this statement then, did you not receive the Holy Spirit, which is proof of your salvation? Somebody says, I can't know, or you, you, nobody can know that they're saved. Yes, you can. You know one of the ways? By the Holy Spirit is in you. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to my heart all the time. The Holy Spirit is the one that teaches me His Word and convicts me of sin. I know there's something in me that didn't used to live there before I got saved. And I find in the Bible this Holy Spirit. Now, did you receive the Holy Spirit, which is proof of your salvation, after you heard the Word, and the Word of God gives testimony? Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for our sins. Look at verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Now, it means grown up. You can go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and read it, verse 12 through verse 15. And you'll, it talks about growing up after you're a young Christian. Growing up in the Lord is not by keeping ourselves from things. Growing up in the Lord is learning to let the Holy Spirit, who dwells in a Christian, teach us God's Word. And through His Word, we become mature Christians. Now verse 5 of chapter 3 in verse 5. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by it the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, that one who teaches you and does miracles among you, where does his power come from? In his power in not smoking, not drinking, not doing the things that we call sin? Or it is power in the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. And the Holy Spirit indwells his believer by faith. And what Paul is trying to teach them here, it's not by you quitting everything, it's by the Holy Spirit coming in and taking a boat in you that you grow in the Lord. Now beginning in verse 6 through 9, there's always been a great controversy among men about uh, verse 6 down through verse 9. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now, first of all, the heathen in verse 8 is talking about unsaved or Gentile unsaved people. In other words, Jews or Gentiles alike, if they are to be saved, have to come to the simple way of faith to Christ Jesus. God chose Abraham, that's true. But the only reason God chose Abraham is because God knew Abraham would believe him by faith. Verse 8 is where the controversy comes in. And the Scripture, that is the Word of God, foreseeing, knew beforehand that God would justify or who God would justify or save. Now all this verse is absolutely true. It's the Word of God. And no man can deny that truth. God does know who is going to be saved. And He also knows who will reject His Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But this does not uh, make Calvinism or the teaching of Calvinism right. Let me give you some things that Calvinism teaches. The doctrine of Calvinism is taught using uh, the, the Word of God in such a way, and here's how it goes. If they teach in, in Calvinism the total inability, which it means Calvinism teaches that man cannot seek or choose God. But, here's what the Bible teaches. In Romans 3.10, all men are totally depraved. Sin has affected every part of man's nature. God has given all men the ability to accept Christ or reject Christ as his Savior because Romans 10.13 said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, turn that around. Whosoever shall not call in the name of the Lord shall not be saved then. God in His divine wisdom chooses to let man choose for himself. Now, if you're not careful and, and understanding this, you can get into works. We're not saved by work. Somebody said, well, God let me choose. That's exactly it. God gave you the ability. So you can't say, well, I just one day decided I'd choose. No, you didn't. God gave you the ability to choose. And so you can't claim anything by works. God seeks to draw all men to Himself. John 3.16 Now, <clears throat> Proverbs 1, Ephesians 1, goes with chapter 8 through 10 of Acts, are examples of men choosing God are mankind uh, choosing the, for God's Savior. Acts 10.34 Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of person. Here's what I'm saying. <clears throat> now that verse is the Word of God. If God chooses one to go to hell and one to go to heaven, then he'd be a respecter of person. But the Bible says he's not a respecter of person. Now, the second thing I want you to see that Calvinism teaches, unconditional election. Calvinism says that God is going to save a select few, the elect, and no one else will have the same opportunity to be saved. 
But the Bible says God wants all men to be saved. Ezekiel 33, 11. 1 Timothy 2, verse 13 and 14. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. In 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, how they can read the Bible and take it verbatim, just like it says, and then says that men are unconditionally elected, beats me, because it's sure not scriptural. The Bible makes it very plain that all men can be saved. The letter, again, Calvinism teaches that Christ only died for the elect few. But the Bible teaches Christ died for the whole world. John 3.16, Romans 5.18, 1 John 2.2. And He is perpetuation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hebrews 2.9, 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 6, all testify to the same thing. Christ Jesus came in this world to die for every sin that's ever been committed. Then the next thing that they teach is irresistible grace. Calvinism teaches that man cannot resist God, but he can. God elected to give you the free ability to think for yourself. We need to make us robots. I can think for myself. I can act for myself. God gave me that ability. Now, in that ability then, I can resist God. The Bible says, resist not the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen? Well, then, if He teaches us not to resist Him, then it's, we know we can do it. So, the Bible teaches that God allows men to resist Him and His grace. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in the heart and ear, you do always resist the oldest goat, as your fathers did, so do ye. Now, again, Acts chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus said to Paul, It is hard for you to kick against a prick that's resisting the Holy Spirit. Then the next thing that Calvinism teaches is the perseverance of the saints. Calvinism teaches that a man cannot be sure that he is saved unless he perseveres or holds out to the end. Now the Bible famously teaches in one place in Revelation that those that hold out to the end shall be saved. But that's under the tribulation period. That's not under grace. He's not talking about the same. These people are going to be saved through the tribulation period. And those that go through the tribulation period are going to be saved from the wrath of the devil. The Bible says in 1 John 5.13, These things are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I can know, amen, that I'm saved. Now, I've written down 123 verses. Think about this. There's 123 verses that state when we receive Christ by faith as our Savior, we have eternal life. And again, Calvinism does not believe in the eternal security of the believer. In other words, then, 
they believe that you can be saved and lose it. But 123 verses in the Scripture says we have eternal life, we possess eternal life. Now, not that we might have it, but we do have it. Bible doctrine is in perfect harmony with the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Now, I don't understand how anybody then can read the Bible, and especially how people sit under preaching like that and believe this stuff. And so it, it behooves us every once in a while to take the Word of God and clear it up. Three things we need to remember. God has given light to all men and seeks to draw all men to Himself. You know what the light is? It's the Word of God. There is no excuse for anybody to go to hell. Simply because you can't turn on your radio. A tracks being passed out. Preachers are churches on every corner are preaching the Word of God. And we have the light of the Word of God, and so we're without excuse. Light rejected, though, brings darkness. In every case, the darkness and blindness is a result of unbelief and rejection of the truth or light. God only blinds spiritually after men have rejected God. And I can show that time and again in the Bible. Man has a free will. God has sovereignty chosen to let man choose. Man can choose for or against God. But you've got to remember something. John 3.16 is still there. He loves the whole world. You go to hell, it's not because God don't love you. You'll go to hell because, in spite of God's love for you. Amen. And you've got to understand those things. Glad I'm saved by grace. Not only I'm glad I am saved, I'm glad I know I'm saved. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand these things. As Paul was trying to say, are we trying to go back on the law? Trying to keep ourselves from things? Are we depending by faith on Jesus to save us? Help us to remember Jesus died for a purpose, and that is to cleanse us from all sin. Thank you, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.